Hey, man, welcome back to The Unrestricted. We are a man short today. Richie Carnahan on vacation, you know, as is going to be the case, I'm sure, for parts of this summer. We're going to be going just a, you know, two-man show. It's me and Bob. Yeah, we tried to replace him with AI, and the AI said, "Mm, no, he's one of a kind. It was just a bunch of (laughs) F-bombs and Jewish jokes. (laughs) True. Yeah. True. So, so big news. Do you, do you see that sometimes you can get kicked out of your own club, that the people that you thought supported you really don't support you? No. What? We're, we impeached our attorney general. Oh, I know. Oh, no. Isn't it great? <laughs> Isn't it great? God, that bribe an SOB. How, how bad do you have to be <laughs> for that party to turn against you? I know. <laughs> He got he got Dan Patrick just hanging out in the wings, going, "Oh, good, tensions on him." <laughs> anyway, so that was the big news out of Texas this week. Big news from the NBA, and last night was Game One of the NBA Finals, which we will get into. And um, I'm not going to pat myself on the back for making this prediction, but those of you who've been listening have heard me make it. Uh, the biggest news out of the NBA yesterday was this quote from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver on Ja Morant. Did you see this? I have not as of yet. Okay, check this out. Quote, We've uncovered a fair amount of additional information. We probably could have brought it to a head now, but we've made the decision that it would be unfair to these players and to these teams to announce that decision in the middle of this series. That is heavy. And those are carefully chosen words for the commissioner. I, it sounds like the hammer's about to come down on John Morant. So, so is this like parents telling their kids, like right before the recital for one of the kids to the other one, you did something bad, but we're making sure that we're going to support Sally at her recital and we're coming back to this. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what that is. And if you're the kid that's getting disciplined, you spend the whole recital just pissing your pants. Yeah, there's a brown stain on your pants on your seat. Yes. Do, do you think that sounds to me like indefinite suspension? I I think it does. It sounds like half a season to me. It sounds like yeah, maybe it's indefinite. Like, hey, buddy, shape up until we say you have shaped up. Look, he's he's been screwing around with guns. He's been to the principal's office, the commissioner's office. Already one time where the commissioner said to him, you got to quit screwing around with guns, buddy. Like, particularly on Instagram Live. You can't let it be out there that you're a guy that carries guns. No, not you just can't. Not in this society, not in this league. And not when you're the face of the league at 23 years old. I mean, if, if you want to go to UFC or Truth Social's MMA, yeah, go fine. Sure, They'll fine. be fine with that, but not the NBA, not in this day and age. No way. So he's been to the principal's office already one time where it was made clear to him, hey, buddy, you got to stop screwing around with guns. And either defiantly or stupidly, he continues to do so. And maybe it's a combination of defiance and stupidity. But uh, he's 23, man. He's not 17. Do what the boss says or else. And, I, you know, this statement from Adam Silver certainly makes it sound like the anvil is about to come crashing down. What's troubling to me is you look at this and you go, okay, 
one, he didn't. He wasn't raised in a in a broken house. No. But is this is this a case where maybe if he raised with a little bit little a little bit less, he'd be a little more thankful of the generational wealth that that he could gain. He's he's passing on hundreds of millions of dollars at this point. Yes. If if he gets indefinitely suspended, that'd be without pay. Would be without pay and. Absent some extraordinary redemption story, is any NBA team going to touch him? Absolutely. Somebody will because his talent is just that exceptional. God, I love sports. I, uh, 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 uh. Uh, so to answer your question very quickly, yes, everybody would take him. I mean, just look, as the NBA fan in me wants to say, John Morant, get it straight. I want to watch you play, dude. He is one of the phenoms of our game. He's a must-see player every single night. Get it straight, buddy. Get it through your head. I mean, I don't know if you're the Grizzlies or if you're the NBA, how many chaperones you have to put around this guy. You know, who was the player for, for the Dallas Cowboys who they literally just hired chaperones for? I mean, that's what you have to do. Recently? Well, it wasn't that recently. Well, it was like a decade ago. Yeah, I mean, and the, the Cowboys and Jerry loves his redemption stories. They do. And if you have if you have talent, I don't care how bad you are off the field, go beat your wife, go have fun with that, is come the, back and block. Is there a DeAndre Hopkins to Dallas? Do you feel good about that? Do you feel like that's happening? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't I, know. He's got a lot of options, man. Yeah. And I, Tom Brady is coming back, by the way. Oh, no. Yes. No. He is. No. I'm going to borrow something from somebody else in the in the NFL. I should. I don't care. But he is. <laughs> this is why it's funny, though, because he buys a piece of the Vegas team, right, of the Vegas Raiders, and he just so happens to be part, part owner of the Vegas Raiders who signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Who was... Tom Brady's backup. <laughs> Who took Tom Brady's job. Yep. Basically got him extricated from the Patriots organization. And now we find out that if Garoppolo is cut this summer, that they don't owe him squadoosh. They could just cut him and not have to pay him. Wow. And how about that? Wouldn't that be just the ultimate FU from Tom Brady back to Garoppolo? God, that's playing the long game. I know it is. <laughs> Revenge of dish best served cold. I mean, there's there's some evil lair somewhere that a couple of years ago Brady was going to go, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Let's go to the pegboard. This is what's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he plotted and plotted and plotted, and now he's found a way to put it back on. I, I just... I'm telling you right now, he's coming back, and he's going to play for the Raiders. Oh, my God. And that's where DeAndre Hopkins might wind up. I mean, who knows? But DeAndre Hopkins can still play. I wonder where he's going to wind up. It's going to impact the It's going to impact the league. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Getting it back to last night, as Denver boat races the Miami Heat, um, I'm, I, look, I picked this series in four or five games. Uh, Denver's just too good. Miami's, they're in trouble, okay? This is a bad, bad matchup for them. Their zone is not going to work mm-hmm. against the greatest passing big man in league history. Um, it, it, look, I'm excited to watch it because I think, hopefully, 
casuals will come and see the greatness of Jokic. And if you watched last night, which I imagine people did until it became a double-digit blowout. Yeah, I watched until about right before halftime. Yeah, that's about, I would imagine that's what most people and, did. And Miami had a couple little pushes, but no. They can't get over that hump. They're no. just not good enough. They don't have enough guys. No. And there's, there's something going on with this Denver team that is special and unique. And I'm going to be the first guy to say it because it's going to be something on first take and all the other junk morning shows coming up in about, I'm going to say in about four days. Are you about to use the D word? Dynasty? Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to say this. I'm going to ask this. I'm going to posit this to you. Denver at their best against Golden State at their best. And I don't mean current Golden State, obviously. I mean a couple years at ago. At their best best? Yeah. I, it's, not, it's, it's not abundantly clear who's better because nobody on that Warriors roster is stopping Jokic. You yeah. don't have a dude. Yeah. Draymond Green plays him hard, but Draymond Green admits freely that Jokic kicks his ass. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's a very interesting idea. I mean, you look at Jamal Murray versus Steph Curry. I think both of those guys are going to get their buckets, right? Yeah. Uh, Clay Thompson against Michael Porter Jr. They're pretty similar with the way Porter Jr.'s playing right now. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you possibly have a situation where it's, okay, which team has the hotter hand outside the arc? I just know that it's going seven. Yeah. Okay, that's all I know. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be some incredible games played in the 140s. It would be gorgeous to watch. Were you watching, I think it was maybe halfway through the second quarter, where they threw up pictures of Jokic from his earlier years? Oh, yes. Wow. That that, that boy had some baby fat. Yeah. <laughs> he had baby fat until he was literally like his second year in the league. Right? Yeah. And give him credit. He's gotten himself healthy. Van Gundy mentioned it on the broadcast last night. He can run forever in that altitude, which means he's in shape. Okay? Yeah. Meanwhile, Luka Doncic in Dallas still has his baby fat, and a lot of people question his, his endurance and his overall, overall kind of uh, conditioning. Same with, with Embiid in mm -hmm. Philadelphia. Nobody says that about Jokic anymore, even though he still looks. Oh, yeah. Doughy. Makes me have hope. Yeah. For myself. Yeah. <laughs> God bless he's good. And the, look, Van Gundy tried it on the broadcast last night. Actually, it wasn't Van Gundy. It was Breen. Mike Breen, who said, you know, he shoots like Dirk. He rebounds like Malone. He passes like Magic. And the guys were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He doesn't rebound like Moses Malone, but he does kind of with a lot of the tips that he does, mm -hmm. but he's not the dominant force. But there's so much of an amalgamation of past players that exist in watching Jokic. And the guy that I keep wondering why, you know, last week I mentioned Larry Bird, mm -hmm. and there is some birdish stuff to the way he shoots it mm -hmm. and the way he passes it. But there's some Ginobili too, man. The goofy steps, the off-balance shot-making, the passing that just seems preternatural. Yeah. He's so much fun to watch. 42nd pick. 
That's right. That's right. insane. Yeah. That's insane as, as we are salivating over uh, number one overall. The only second-round pick to ever be an MVP. I'm kind of with you possibly on this boat race. Uh, I'm just wondering for the ratings, does it become a submarine race where nobody watches? Yeah, it might be, unfortunately. Yeah, that was, that's kind of the thing. I mean, does the casual fan, I mean, if you're a Nuggets fan, if you're a Heat fan, if you're a degenerate gambler, yeah, you're, you're watching this series. Is the casual fan, is the casual Celtics fan licking their wounds watching this? Is the casual? I, I don't care. You I know, know you don't care. I, it but, doesn't matter to me. I'm a fan of the sport and particularly a fan of basketball played at its highest level. And Denver's doing that. Like, let, okay, let me give you the whys on why Denver is better than, than Miami, okay? Do we, do we have enough time? Oh, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> it starts with this. Denver's guys, other guys, click around Jokic so well that it is machinery. It's clockwork. Mm -hmm. Guys like Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon and even uh, uh, KCP, they look like they, they look like John Lennon when he met Paul McCartney. It's like, oh my God, we've found each other. And, you know, and me looking at the Eastern Conference series run series is run up to it. I was looking at some of those games and Miami was playing better team ball. Yeah. Then quite frankly, Boston has a very, very, very good roster top to bottom. But to your point of what the Nuggets are doing, they never click together. No. Boston doesn't click at all. And the way the way Denver clicks at the offensive end is unbelievable. And by the way, their Achilles heel defense, not so bad. I mean, they held, they held Miami down last night. Oh, so yeah. let me move to that. They got a lot of dudes, Denver does, that they can throw at Jimmy Butler. One of the big problems with the Celtics in the last series is that they didn't want to throw Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum at mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler for fear of foul trouble, so they had to guard him with Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon. And that didn't work so well now, did it? Now, Derek White had some moments, particularly mm -hmm. late in the series, when Boston was able to come from 3-0 three no, three down. But, look, they can throw Aaron Gordon. They can throw KCP. Bruce Brown is really strong for his size. Mm -hmm. They just have guys that they can throw at him. And last night, Jimmy Butler looked like he was frustrated by the fact that there's seemingly always somebody new. Do you think possibly when this goes back to Miami that some of those role players come off of that a little bit. I mean, that's generally the book on role right. players playing on the road, that they don't play, that they don't outplay what their quote-unquote role is. I can understand that, and that is the, the general theory. But I know this. What I watched last night and what I've watched basically for the last three rounds of the Denver Nuggets play, the role players are getting warm-up buckets. In other words, if you ever show up to a game early, 30 minutes, mm -hmm. 45 minutes, and you see the guys in shoot-around, they make 90%, and they make 100% of their layups, mm -hmm. okay? But they make 90% of their standstill jump shots. They don't miss, okay? NBA players don't miss. Those role players, because of the way Jokic passes, they're getting warm-up shots. Bruce Brown is getting shots like he gets in pregame, he's not going to start missing them just because they change venues. 
he can still make layups. And I'm pretty damn sure. And Spolstra t- turns the AC off. Yeah. Now, Spolstra's, <laughs> Spolstra is the guy that if if Miami gets a game or two, it's going to be because of him. Because he's the best head coach going in the NBA currently. So, so is Spolstra he's the... He's not a magician. So is Spolstra the Dick Clark of the NBA? Why? Because he just doesn't seem to age? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's been coaching since he was like... 30. I know. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I was talking about this with, with someone the other day, and it was like when Spolstra first came in and got his first NBA job, a, a lot of us casuals looked at that and go, okay, he's going to be somebody's lapdog. Yeah. And and that's all he is. Who the hell is this guy? Not not knowing his background. Right. And then his background comes out. Dude's good. Dude is Dude's awesome. Dude's good, but he's, yeah, he's not going to overcome this. Yeah, and Pat Riley has his back, which is kind of the biggest deal. I mean, there's that story that's out there about a certain player who went upstairs to Pat Riley and said, we need to get rid of Spo." And Pat Riley gave him, get the fuck out of my office and never ask me to fire a head coach ever again. You know this story? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, and, and they don't, they have not said the player, but I think reading between the lines, it may have been LeBron James. I could kind of see that. Yeah, and... And Pat Riley put his foot down and was like, never do that to me ever again. Let's see. I have more championships as a player than you. Yeah. I have more championships as a coach than you have as a player. And I have more championships as an executive than you have as a player. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of executives, I want to throw this into the show today. Bob Myers, general manager of this incredible run that the Golden State Warriors have had, Mm -hmm. calling it quits turning down a boatload of money to retire as general manager of, of the Golden State Warriors to take time away. They, I haven't heard this said, but I want to be the guy who says it. What that means is that they're bringing in the, the axe guy, the general manager who doesn't have ties to Draymond, to Clay, to Steph, to the old guard to throw down the axe and say, I'm sorry, Clay, but if you want to stay, you got to take a pay cut. Draymond Green, I'm sorry. Either you can't stay or you got to stay at a, at a minimum contract. Um, and Bob Myers, being so close to the situation, mm-hmm. probably said, look, I don't want to have that conversation. These are my guys. They've been my guys. I want to roll with them, you know, in perpetuity. I can't have that conversation. No, thank you. I'm out. Makes sense. I mean, I, I I would I would put a different take on it that and and I wonder this. And as you were talking about this, I was like, what what does the life of an NBA general manager look like? I mean, we we know we know how much time some of the coaches and the coaching staff spend. I mean, how much of a grind is it being a GM? Big time, big time. You're in a lot of gyms all over the place. <clears throat> You're constantly studying numbers, caps, you know, the CBA, constantly trying to figure out how to win in the margins with the rest of your roster, right? I mean, that's what that's what the my that's why the Miami Heat are in the finals. Mm-hmm. It's because they made the great moves within the margins with Caleb Martin, with Max Struess, the rest of the guys. By the way, Caleb Martin and Max Struess last night did squadoosh. So credit to the Denver Nuggets. They came prepared 
for the other guys as well. And I think it's mainly because they shut down Jimmy. Hey, I'll end the show with this. So, so get this. So, my wife's best friend is in town. Okay. With her two kids, without her husband. But my wife and my wife's best friend took all the kids out to JW Marriott this week. Okay, cool. So, yesterday, I play golf after a day's work. Play golf. And then uh, I'm, I'm done. And I'm like, so what am I going to do? Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy a steak, right? Okay. I'm going to burn a steak by myself, dude. Okay. And then I was like, wait a minute. I had a steak last night. Nah, steak amnesia. I didn't have that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and burn another one. So I go to HEB. I pick up a ribeye. And I'm like, what vegetables? Nah, no vegetables. <laughs> I'm just going to have the steak. And, uh, you know, red grapes. Red grapes. Those will be my vegetables. Okay. You know, poured myself an entire bottle of wine. <laughs> and it reminded me of the George Jones song. Do you know it? The King is Gone and So Are You. Yeah. Which is more of a divorce song. And my wife and I are not getting divorced, honey, if you're listening, which I know you're not. Thank God. But you do appreciate the steak time. I do. I do. Let's see. A Flintstone jelly bean jar. I cleared us off a place on that one little table that you left us. Oh, and pull me up a big old piece of floor. That's pretty much what I did, but it was the TV tray. I pulled the head <laughs> off Elvis. Feel Fred up to his pelvis. Yabba dabba doo. The king is gone. And so are you. It kept going through my head last <laughs> night as I'm taking bite after bite after bite of my ribeye and just drowning it in red wine, like screaming in my own house. Oh, man. It is a weird feeling, gentlemen, when the wife and kids are gone and you got the square footage just to yourself. Don't know what to do. Oh, I knew exactly what to do. Didn't go risky business? No. Uh, no, no. Thank, thank you that I just put that image in my head. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. It was just steak, wine, go to sleep early, watching the basketball game. It was pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that game kind of, yeah. Once we got about to halftime, it was a... You had to be a degenerate gambler to watch the rest of that game. Any part of you thinks... Miami comes back and gets a couple. They got to win at least one. Maybe they, maybe it's three, maybe it's four. I don't. I don't see it. I, I honestly, I see a sweep. If they get one, they get one. But I don't. I don't see anything more than that. You know. You know who's hoping that it goes full seven? Who? John Morant. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the unrestricted, folks. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, sir. See you later, RC. We'll get you next week. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. I said, the groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. It feel good, don't it? It feel good. Uh-huh. It feel good because you know it's good.